Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, there's the things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. La, 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 la La, 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 Beautiful. Happy Christmas, everybody. Although it's not Christmas yet, unless you're listening to this and it is Christmas Eve or the week before Christmas, then happy Christmas. I believe there's 18, as I record this, there's 18 days to Christmas. Let me just check the date. Hang on. Just to be sure, to be sure. It's the 7th of December, 2020. As you're listening to this wherever you are, probably 2020, possibly tonight. Thank you very much for listening. And I would like to say to everybody who's listening, thank you very much. It's very much appreciated. Um, tell your friends. Give us a recommendation. Subscribe. Pick up your fa- friend's phone, your family. Over Christmas, pick up people's phones. Just go into their um, podcasting apps, wherever they get their podcasts. Find the podcast and click subscribe. Um, that would be great. Thank you very much. Don't tell them. Wait till they go to the loo. It's fine. Although most people bring their phone to the loo, don't they? Yeah. As uh, we discussed on a previous episode with Mike Poogling, it's uh, the art of Googling while you're on the toilet, which seems to be a thing that Mike invented. Or not. We don't know. Anyway, how are you? Um, I am upstairs in my podcasting dungeon. There is chains on the wall for some reason. But there's a mic here as well, which is the main thing. And um, I'm about to give you, present to you, Episode 36 of the Keith Walsh Podcast with my friend Mike. It's just me and Mike. We're friends. Get over it. It's no big deal. Uh, We met in the 90s. I don't know how I remember because you know what they say about the 90s. If you remember, you weren't there. Uh, We met working in a hotel in the 90s. He was my boss. He was a concierge and I was uh, a concierge assistant for helper person. I basically carried bags opened doors, ran out into the street and whistled for black cabs. Oh, the romance. It was such a romantic time. Except after I went home from work in the hotel in South Kensington, I went out to a place called East Acton where I slept in a tent in a place called Tent City. Yeah, it's real. You can Google it. Might be on Google, though. Um, But yeah, so uh, every Monday, myself and Mike have a chat. And that's it. Not much thought goes into it, not much, but we have a bit of a laugh. And Mike has some brilliant stories, brilliant. 
Uh, today we talk about, in this episode, you can look forward to Mike talking about the time he nearly fell, killed his granny. Um, and very, a very, a very famous, a very well-known singer from Liverpool who he encountered. That's great. That's funny. That made me laugh. Every time I think of that line, he's, you'll, you'll hear it later. Um, he's talking about somebody who's a scouser. That's very funny. Even now, just thinking about it. And at the start, we just got, we were quite rambly because for some reason I decided I wanted to make Mike listen to two, to two albums, one from the Stone Rose and one from the Pixies. I don't really even know why. It just popped into my head and I just kept talking about it. And I suppose, I think out of that, we got the last, oh damn. The last story, yeah, now you know who it is. Um, so it was worth it in the end. It's worth it. Stick with it, people. Stick with it. You might you might think at the end, at the start, what is this? Where is it going? It's not going anywhere. And if it is, we don't know. So stick with it. It'll be worth it in the end. Um, I think we finished up talking about jocks again. It's a lot of jock talk. And I don't mean like jocks, like football players. I mean just jocks, talking about jocks. Anyway, this is episode 36 I hope it's uh, if it's not, it's 37. Uh, it's me talking to my friend, Mike. Take it away, Mike or Keith. <laughs> you you took me so long, but you know what? I'm absolutely delighted. I'm on a high that you actually took me so long. Why? Uh, because well, I've had the chance to listen to three of my favorite songs whilst um, and I've, I very rarely get this house to myself. And I've kind of got it to myself, and I, uh, I put on um, "I Want You Back" the Jacksons. Yeah, I mean proper tune. Uh, what else did I put on? Uh, Kate Bush, "This Woman's Work." You know that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, great song. Brings out all the emotions. And then I just the 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 trio was sort of the the it was the icing on the cake was all I want for Christmas. Mariah Carey, what a fucking tune! And you know what even made it better, sweeter that song was watching Russell Watson the other night on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And when they were playing, when, sorry, when the world's playing, when they were playing it, they were at some bar or something. Um, you know, I don't know if you watched I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here or whatever. But they I the presume night. they won a prize and they got a they got a night in a bar or something like that, was it? Exactly. And they played karaoke and they sang along to that song. And he sang along to the backing. He didn't do the Mariah bit. And I always think the backing singers on that must be Will Young because they sound exactly the same as Will Young. So yeah, so I'm I'm really excited, oh. buzzed up. I'm like I'm really happy having listened to all these this music. But uh, are you saying you genuinely think it was Will Young singing on the back of Mariah Carey's no. single? No, I don't, I don't know. Oh. I no, I just I, I was just wondering because I was no. thinking I was I was think I heard that song today. Of course I did because it's everywhere mm. at the moment. Uh, Christmas FM was on in the house. I was helping my wife pack some boxes because I got a big order going. So they were blaring the Christmas music uh, to keep the workers' spirits up because we weren't being paid and they won't, they wouldn't give us any food. So um, <laughs> those nearly sisters sponsored by sponsored by nearly sisters. Uh, so the um, and I was thinking that guy as I was packing my box, I was thinking that guy. Uh, he should be just employed by the world to just constantly write songs. Whoever wrote that song, and yeah, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know, but we should we should know these things. Like that's that because I was thinking about it because Christmas FM obviously it's Christmas song after Christmas song after Christmas song. So you're comparing Christmas songs, and I was thinking 
even my nephew, who was in the house at the time, he got up from what he was doing, turned down the film he was watching, went over to the radio and turned it up. And I said, Do you, is that your favorite Christmas song? Yeah. So like this song is going to go on to the next generation and the next generation is it's going to be uh, it's it's not going to go anywhere. But uh, no, I, I was thinking, I, what a, what a brilliantly crafted, like perfectly put together song. Oh, yeah. Stone Cold classic pop song. Absolutely, genuinely the stuff of legend. I don't know. Are you Googling it to find out who, who wrote it? No, I'm not. I should be, shouldn't I? It's probably your one Warren, Diane Warren. She wrote everything else, didn't she? Did she? Dionne yeah. Warren? Yeah. I didn't. I, I mean, I know her as an artist. I didn't really know her. Maybe, maybe I did know her as, as a writer. Um, who yeah, there's wrote? a lady called Warren by the name of Warren who wrote everything, everything you've ever heard of. Okay. I think. Are, are you Googling it? No. Okay, hang on a second. Who wrote? Um, everybody can wait for this. It's fine. Who wrote? All I want. There, you see, kind of pops up quickly, so we're not waiting too long. Um, Walter Afanasif and oh, and Mariah Carey. Oh, it seems they're the uh, they're the uh, Walter, formerly nicknamed Baby Love in the 1980s, is a musician, songwriter, record producer, and composer. He's Brazilian American of Russian descent. Brazilian American of Russian descent. Wow. Uh, known known for his long association with Mariah Carey, for whom he was co-producer and co-writer for several years. So it would appear that it's written by Walter and Mariah together. Wow. Together, a beautiful song together. List of songs written by Walter. Here we go. Notice the way I'm not pronouncing his surname anymore. Hmm. Um, I I don't know any. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I know that one. it seems that that was his moment of brilliance. <laughs> My, Michael shit. Michael Bolton, Hercules from the 1997 film. Oh dear. Uh, he seemed to work a bit with Savage Garden. Um, Savage Garden, the best thing? Don't know. Seemed to work a lot Savage, with... I hate Savage Garden. <laughs> if they're listening, I really hate them. Uh, he seemed to work a lot with Kenny G. A little oh, bit... Yeah. Uh, you see, Michael Bolton and Kenny G, I, they used to come and stay with us in the Milestone Hotel. And Kenny Did G they? Was the, yeah, the saxophonist guy. That, that's more a trumpet. What, but, were, you know, you get what, I'm saying. what were they like? Uh, lots of hair. Yeah, they were the big-haired <laughs> guys, weren't they? Oh, yeah, they were huge-haired guys. And I think Kenny G did something on a Michael Bolton single. But you know what? He's one of my... I, I actually like Michael Bolton. I can't believe I'm saying that to... You know our listeners, the OGs. I, I can't. I, I, you know, as a, per, as a as a as a person, as a performer, as a singer, as a as a singer. I actually bought his album that he did of sort of the the classic American songbook, and I really liked it. And I, I feel really guilty. Ah, he's a good singer. In fairness to him, like you couldn't really take that away from. I couldn't. No, I, I don't know if I Michael Bolton. I don't know if I could name a song. How am I supposed to, to live, live without you? you? Yes, of course. Oh. Yeah, he, this guy uh, worked with Lionel Richie on "Dance the Night Away." Wow, do you know that? No, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to find another song that we might know. Like, surely uh, he would. Yeah, he's done a lot of work with Kenny G. Surely there'd be another Mariah Carey song that we'd know. Even um, he has. He wrote um, Mariah Carey forever, of course. No, 
<laughs> this guy has not written another good song. That can't be true. Um, he has another couple of Christmas songs. Um, one with that he wrote with Richard Page featuring or feature it's featuring Walter Afanathoth, and that's called I Always Cry at Christmas, which is obviously written about your Christmas in the 80s when you didn't get Evil Knievel and then you did and your cousin sat on it. Um he wrote a, he wrote a song with a guy called uh, Kristen Chenoweth called Home on Christmas Day. No, See? he was trying. To, he was just trying to milk milk it there. I wonder where they'd be like before the the big uh, Christmas one. Uh, New Kids on the Block. If you go away, of course. No, no. Uh, Mariah Carey, Jesus Born on this day. Mm. No, can't find another song uh, that he. License to Kill, Michael Kamen and Gladys Knight, featuring Gladys Knight. Oh, got a license to kill, to kill. I, I'd have to presume that's the one, isn't it? Yeah, would be. Gladys Knight did a, a license to kill. Yeah. Um, and oh. I can't find. Uh, Night Train, Lionel Richie. Um, no. Coming down on the night train. No, that's Night Shift. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the night train, uh, another hit. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a chancer, really. Yeah, he's he just change, <laughs> getting other songs and changing a word. <laughs> Christmas and night. Yeah. Yeah. How am I supposed to live with you? That was another hit of his. <laughs> oh listen. Kenny G did, yeah. Listen, he wrote oh. she ba- she wrote She Bangs, Ricky Martin. Oh, she bangs, she bangs. Oh, baby. A, so he has, in fairness to him. I mean, he's had more hits than me, and he's written one of the best Christmas songs ever, so I'll give him his yeah, views. And he, yeah, and he's probably, you know, listen, he's probably sitting down counting his money every Christmas, and fair play to him. I wish I had the uh, the guts and the cojones to go out and do it myself. I think I saw a list recently, and I won't be able to remember the exact facts, but, like, the amount of money made, you know, each year, on some of the more well-known Christmas songs. And I think, like, I think Shane McGowan might make, like, half a million every Christmas. Jesus. Which isn't bad. Not bad. Keep you going. So I can only imagine Walter and Mariah, are, they must be getting, more, like, a two, three, four million, five million a year. No. Yeah. And I, I, the other one, the other Christmas song I like is, um, of course, Driving Home for the Christmas. Yeah. And... Um, Christopher Rea. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was a very odd man. Very odd-shaped head, Christopher, Christopher Rea. Anyway. Did, you, did you meet him? Uh, no. I oh. saw him on top of the Pops on Channel 4 or something last night. <laughs> he had a big head. <laughs> it sort of keeps going. You know, he's just going past Ima- the mouth. Imagine, imagine if, as the podcast went on, your celebrity encounter stories got shitter and shitter and shitter, and then like one day, one podcast, you're just like, yeah. So Chris Ria, I um, saw him on the telly. Okay, thanks, Mike. Thanks for that. See you. Yeah, I saw him in an advert from the. <laughs> he had a big head. Good story. <laughs> thanks, Mike. Sorry, the other Christmas song you were going to say. Um, Wham! Last Christmas. Oh yeah. Somebody I yeah. saw on Twitter suggested. That, that that should that's that holiday that story of that video should be made into a Christmas movie. Well, they did um, the music of Wham, didn't you? One who was in Game of Thrones, she was the 
Mother of Dragons do yeah. the film last year called Last Christmas, and it featured the music, and it was a total flop. I think I might have gone to see it with my wife. Yeah, it could have been the perfect rom-com, but I think it was shite. It Somebody was... It, she was a fairy or something, or an elf, or... Yeah, well, he was dead or something. Jesus. It was like... Uh, it was, have I ruined the ending for everybody that's going to see it? Yeah. Uh, it I was like, it was like um, that Bruce Willis film where I see dead people. Oh, yeah. Um, where the kid is, where he's dead, but he thinks everyone else is dead. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not 12 monkeys. The third one. man, the fourth yeah. night, the, the fourth. fifth, the fifth senses, the sense, the third Mickey. <laughs> the thirteenth floor, um, the back ch- alley, the back channel. It's kind of got a bit weird. I, do you know what else? I've, I'm sticking with keeping with music. I listen to these. Are you a Stone Roses fan at all? No, not at all. No, never. I like even name, I couldn't even name one of their songs, one of their hits from the hit parade. So in 1989, when the Stone Roses album came out, the first one, and everybody was wearing baggy flares and hoodies and dancing around and maybe uh, dancing around nightclubs. What what were you doing? <laughs> it just didn't hit. Didn't, uh, no, it wasn't on they, your radar. No, my, my wife loves them. I just couldn't be doing with that sort of like, um, oh, yeah. What's their song? What's their big song there? Well, they have many big songs. Um, they, had a big hit. they had a big hit, didn't they? Fool's Gold. How does it go? You... Ooh, Fool's Gold. Oh, 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 oh. It just goes like that. It's just, it's just a cool song. You, you want Michael Bolton on that singing? Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not that I was into Michael Bolton particularly, but I really wasn't into that sort of uh, those fellas wearing floppy hats and stuff. Um, Primal Scream were okay, but the rest of them were a bit kind of, oh, you know, and I'm kind of like attitude and I'm wearing baggy clothes. That was right on my, in my, right on the money for me. So Stone Roses, then there was like bands like the Charlatans and all these bands that sort of came in afterwards. Uh, Primal Scream, of course, Primal Scream were more, more rock and roll um, than they were, you know, they were, they're lumped in with all that, but they're, they're more rock and roll. They're more rhythm and blues really. But uh, sorry, I was reminded, this would mean absolutely nothing to you, but I was reminded by my brother-in-law, Dermot, who listens to this podcast. Hello, Dermot. Um, that it was 26 years ago, the second Stone Roses album was released, which took them five years to get together after, after they released the first one. They, they, they spent five years trying to write it. And uh, I just thought I'd remind you, but you, you don't care. No. No. No, that sort of, um, I, mean, I mean, I like the big ones, the Oasis-y kind of thing, which were almost a cleaned up version of those, weren't they? They were kind of on yeah. the back of... I think the problem with, uh, like, they were definitely influenced by the Stone Roses. By the time the Stone Roses finally got around to, because I was buying music magazines like Melody Maker every weekend, every second weekend or whatever, to try and find out what was where the hell was the second album, because I loved the one, first one so much. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were in Wales and... Wales, Wales, um, and story. The story goes they had kind of a lot of money and they spent some of it on things that yes. prevent, prevented them from doing any work. You know, um, they were imbibing 
the money. And uh, <laughs> so I was, so me and a lot of my friends were watching for this album to come out. By the time it came out, it was a, it was, and I, I put it on today, listen to it in the car. It's a brilliant album. Like I, I would urge you to go and listen to it. Can I give you homework for next week? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Would you listen to it? Yes. What's it called? It's called The Second Coming because uh, obviously it took them five years to write the second album. And it was a brilliant album and it still is a brilliant album. But because, and it happens, it, it happens sometimes with bands by the time, they're, they're very hot, but by the time they get around to releasing their second album, music has moved on and the music press have moved on. And I think maybe we were all uh, into, I think Oasis had had started, were around. I'm trying to think of mm. the time frame. So that was 1989 was our first album. Five years later would have been, you know, mid 90s. Yeah. So music had kind of moved on and it got a bit of a slating by the critics and it didn't do, it did okay. Like it was, it was some great songs and some definite hits. Um but if it had been released, it would have been massive. Like the Stone Roses would have been bigger than you two if they'd managed to release it. Maybe even, maybe even if it only took them three years. Yeah, if they just managed to. Do you know what? I actually watched a documentary on that, the making of that album because um, BBC Four were doing something about um, that place they went to in Wales. It's legendary. Yeah, um, a lot of bands band. have. have yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think Oasis. Uh, recorded definitely maybe there i think i don't know i yeah. can't remember the name of it but uh, it's it's a very famous recording studio place you, you record you stay you you know you stay there for a while i think always or the stone roses probably went there a few times and got nothing done in fact i was listening who was i listening to i was listening to a podcast of a fella whose mother used to be on coronation street and he's in a band yeah uh the 1975 Yes, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the, he was talking about uh, Wales as well, uh, in that very place. It's got good juju, apparently. The, the oh, the area they all come. Yeah, what's yeah, that guy's yeah. name? And he got stuck down there for a lockdown. Okay, so he was stuck in there. His mother was, as far as I can remember, Denise. Denise Welch. That's right. Net Welch. His, yeah. Yeah, and his father is, is a really um, googly-eyed-looking fella, comedian. From uh, um, Alfreda's in Pet. Yeah, brilliant, a brilliant actor as uh, yes. a comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, let me just see. I'm going to Google this. 1975. <laughs> we should have thought about this. Singer. No, we shouldn't have. This is perfect. Uh, I'm giving out to you. No, no, stop. Uh, Ma- yeah, Matthew Healy. Yes. Uh, okay. Healy's very... and Welsh's. There must be Irish. Uh, because the man from the 1975 is a huge drug. Um, he likes his uh, stuff. Okay. Uh, and has he admitted this himself? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on, um, I think he was Desert Island Discs. No, he wasn't. He was on with James O'Brien. Ah, um, your favorite. James O'Brien does a podcast. James O'Brien, uh, I, 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 I would advise anybody um, who's interested in anything to listen to James O'Brien and probably read one of his books. I just got one of his books from Australia today from my in-laws. Okay, and what, what kind of books does he write? Is it fiction? Is it fact? Is it stuff looking into certain... Like, would he write about Brexit or would he... Very much about Brexit and politics and sort of post, post-truth post and post-shame and the sort of the political landscape. His new book is called... Hold on. How Not To Be Wrong, The Art Of Changing Your Mind. Oh, brilliant. I love that shit. Mm. Yeah, he's he's very good. He's very very intelligent. I, I say the book came from Australia, 
my my in-laws actually live in England, but they ordered it from Book Depository, and it came all the way from Western Australia today. Wow! Hey, Book Book Depository, Book Suppository, more like. Stick that up your ass. Hee So James O'Brien. Okay, I'm writing a list of because I've started reading it, and I'll tell you about a book. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the second coming again, right? Okay, so, yeah, yeah. so I want you to listen to that album, okay? But I think there's another album that I'd like you to listen to as well, okay? So this oh, is God. you can give me homework if you want as well. So the Pixies were they ever on your in your? They had a, didn't they do um, what was their big song? Well, they had many big songs. Um, I suppose the biggest. <laughs> Jesus, shit. I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm not very good. You're with, googling now. You're. Of course, I, I can am. tell when, you, when you're not listening. You kind of pixies. Where is my mind? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where's my mind? Uh, I was thinking of another one. Um, you see, they have so many songs. Man. Here comes your man. Yeah. There, here comes your man. And then they have like gouge away at the base. Or anyway, they were huge, right? So the pixies. This is another example of when when you release an album at the wrong time. So the Pixies were, were big and they were huge and they were huge in college radio in America. And they went off and they kind of had, they were, they were a volatile bands. So they were, they'd fall out, they'd fall in, they'd, you know, they'd sort of take breaks, they'd get back together again. And they didn't really do the fame thing. So they just like, they were the first band to start wearing sort of the plaid shirts and, you know, dressing like workers, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. really, they weren't really like cover stars. Now, if they'd been better looking, they probably would have been bigger. Like if Black Francis wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he was just an ordinary looking bloke, you know, sort of balding and, you know, just wore check shirts and jeans. But uh, so grunge had kind of start, had kind of hit and I think Nirvana were happening and they released an album called Trompe Le Monde, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, as far as I can see, the, the best album they made, like their finest work. But they just delayed too long. So by the time this album came out, it sh- no, sorry. By the time this album came out, they had sort of imploded as a band so they they managed to get the album out and didn't tour didn't do any press didn't promote it didn't do it. it should have been the biggest album of the whole grunge like they would have blown nirvana out of the water yeah. it should have been all about the pixies and it, like for a lot of like for me and for my friend for a lot of people like the pixies were huge but just at that time they didn't pr- promo they didn't do any of the work the legwork to promote that album and it just kind of, and then they then they kind of broke up. Now they did get back together again afterwards. But it's just I just wanted to mention those two things as, and maybe I thought that if if you if you had time you might listen to the Second Coming by the Stone Roses and Trompe Le Monde by the Pixies. And if if our if our listeners if our listeners want to do that as well, we can uh, maybe you can come back with a little review. Wow! Uh, ne- next week and and yeah, le- le- nothing to be doing. <laughs> but you could listen to it. I'll stick the headphones on as you're as, as you're sitting at the Sorry, sewing machine yeah, yeah, you know no, I mean? no, yeah because well sally ann likes that sort of stuff so if you if you're working in and you're making bags with sally ann in the workshop and you say look keith wants me to listen to these two albums she'd probably be delighted she'd be absolutely over the moon because i'd be have james taylor on or james o'brien or something else sort of you know something beginning with james james taylor o'brien yeah. <laughs> any of the jameses <laughs> <Jim>. <laughs> Jams O'Donnell. Here's a song. Now I can't remember who the group were, but Ash seemed to come into my head. Um, uh, there's a song, right? I'm going to sing it really badly, and you're going to tell me what who the group were because right. they were of that era. 
Cast. Cast. They're the ones. Yeah. Cast. Cast, which came from the band The Laz. Yes, there she goes, The Laz. Okay, so I met. um, (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So The Laz. Yeah. um, There she goes. Which is written about heroin, would you believe? Yeah, very. No, very much so. And. I, I remember as, as a luggage porter in a hotel and the lead singer of the Laz, as was, came in. And I think they were breaking up at the time uh, to become cast. There was a curly-haired guy. Yeah, John Power. The, John Power was the curly-haired guy who surely was Irish. Must have been, yeah, with a name like that. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the other singer who was quite scrawny, thin, blonde hair. Um, and whatever. Lee, and ju- Lee Mavers was his name. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So you know these guys. I didn't, I don't know. Who, and it, you just brought it back to me now. So my lasting memory of him was uh, uh, a guy coming in, two sort of bouncery, big um, security chaps who would also have been chauffeurs. And uh, they, they said to me, listen, you need to go up there and get his bags and get him in the car. And if you see him, we need him. <laughs> we need him. And he was hiding. He was hiding in the restaurant <laughs> under a table, not wanting to go with these two lads, wherever they were taking him. Well, I know where they were taking him. Um, so I went up and got his bags. I had to pack everything because, of course, it was just mayhem and bedlam. So it was literally open bag, throw everything in the room in there, check nothing was in the safe. There wasn't anything anywhere. Check the bins because people like this usually throw all manner of stuff in bins like money and jewelry and stuff and then come back and say, oh, where's me stuff? But he was a scouser and I'll never forget him being sort of uh, dragged out the gate of the or the door of the hotel down the steps. He had a sort of a bouncer, if you like, or a security guy on each arm. And uh, they say, they're taking me to Spain for rehab. I'm the fifth fucking beetle. I'm the fifth fucking beetle. If I haven't got me drugs, I've got fucking nothing. I just fucked into the back of a car and taken away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Screaming, I'm the fifth fucking beetle. <laughs> I was going to fucking I didn't get a tip off him. Yeah, I don't give a fuck who you are. Where's my tip? <laughs> The, uh, that's amazing because it, 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 I often wonder about bands that, you know, you, you see them, especially when you're young, you don't know about the workings of, you know, you don't work, you don't know about the machinations or, or that, you know, bands are people and they have shit to deal with and, you know, mm. they have problems and they have issues. And you just think, geez, they were a great band. Now I wonder why they brought, you know, why, why they didn't release more music. And you just think, oh, they must have just got lazy or they just couldn't yeah. write another song. You don't realize that there's this big drama going on. Uh, it just gets too much for some people. I think it does. I think it does. It is like a, it is a bad, it's a, it's, it's bad for some people to get involved in that, in that racket, the showbiz. Did oh, you know? I think we've, we've spoken about this before. I think, I think showbiz is, is a bad, you know, it is, it is quite a, you know, would you recommend it to a friend to be the, the leader of a band? You know, you see, like I'd say 2% maybe go off and look after their money and don't get screwed by somebody and don't do this, don't do the other and don't get involved in blah, blah, blah. Think about it. I mean, you're working nights effectively, which is never good long term. 
especially and and you're not, you know you're not discouraged from doing whatever it takes to get you through the night if you need oh. a little pick me up to get you on the stage and then yeah. you know one thing leads to another you know you're you're sort of uh, it's like i mean i had uh, Ryan Mack on on the podcast, and he sort of gave us an insight into what's it like to be mm. being in a boy band and what's expected and and what you actually get out of it. And it's not much to be honest, but uh, yeah, the old show business can be a, a, a dark and dreary place. And I think it's like you know, there's something Disney esque about it in that it looks so shiny and bright, and you really want it, but it's but actually behind the facade, it's it can be a, a horrible place for a lot of people, you know. Yeah, I, can't, um, I don't think I could do it. I just, God, I know, no. But did you know? You were famous. You are famous. Uh, I was sort of well known to some people. Yeah, but you know, you got fame. You are famous. Yeah. <laughs> people know me around Newbridge. They say, people huh? Know there's you globally. Man. There's Keith. <laughs> there's your man. Actually, the somebody radio. texted, didn't they? Or somebody was on Twitter during the week and. Uh, they, uh, they were, I think they were calling from, or not calling, what do you do on Twitter? You tweet. They were tweeting from overseas. Okay. Inquiring about, inquiring about your, um, I think your um, calendars. My, my calendar, yeah. They were wondering if yes. I'd ship overseas, yeah. Yeah, and I think the same person might have been inquiring about my um, my tomato sauce that I put on my pasta. Yeah, we need to get the recipe up somewhere. Um, and he, I think he also offered, I think that's actually, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin the facade of me being world famous, but that's my old school pal, Julian. Um, so, and he I, he, I think he also offered that his son would build a website for us. <laughs> it's obviously, we're that bad. But no, I mean, in, in fairness to you, Mike, you did say, you, you know, you could you could do a website, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on you. Um, can no, I just? I could really. It would just. It would just add to my blood pressure issues. I think Not so. Any blood pressure issues, but it would just add to it. It, it would. Just, it would just give you some. Yeah. The Laz Lee Maver's younger brother is peak practice actor Gary Maver's, and apparently more recently seen in Emmerdale. So there's a little uh, fact. Most people might not know the Laz. They possibly won't know who the lead singer of the Laz was, and now they don't know who his brother is either. Yeah, because my grandmother used to call Emmerdale Lumberdale. Why? Don't know. She used Lumber. to mispronounce. Lumberdale. Oh, that was just what she what she called it. Yeah, Lumberdale. that was That's her shtick. She used to mispronounce everything. She never called my wife the right name. Oh no! No, no, no! Sally Ann, Kelly Ann, Julianne. No. Yeah. Oh, terrible! I mean, this woman now. This woman, my grandmother, quite quite some woman. Um, one quick little story about it. Um, we. <laughs> We came over here on our honeymoon, you see, and my grandmother was actually infirm at that stage and she was in a nursing home in Limerick. So one of the things I wanted to do is come back. I was quite close to my grandmother, so I wanted to come back and see her, you know, and uh, sort of introduce her to my wife and sort of, you know, just, just uh, I thought, right, I'll buy a bottle of uh, brandy. She liked a little drop of brandy. Mm. Um, she liked a little drop of brandy, a little bit too much, but anyway. <laughs> So I went to Harrods, bought her a big fuck off bottle of brandy and um, wow. put it in the nursing home for her and turned up and sort of went, oh, yeah, and we're going off to Galway for a couple of nights, Granny, and this is this is Sally Ann. Ah, Marie, how are you? You're looking great. And so it's like, Jesus. So um, I said, I bought you a little drop of brandy. I know you have a little bit in the morning with your oranges. <laughs> so Well, it was breakfast. Brandy. That's yeah, a fucking well, breakfast, oranges and yeah. brandy, isn't it? So um, she said, put it in the LucasAid bottle. So 
I, uh, I decanted it into a LucasAid bottle. Um, and I didn't realize that, because um, she had like one of these early, like a Coke bottle full of like stuff. Um, but there was a miniature little LucasAid bottle that they would put a little shot of brandy in for my granny. But I put it into the big bottle of LucasAid. And my grandmother, the next morning, got up unbeknownst to me and uh, drank it, nicked it. And um, we were all called back. I was, I got a call. We were having dinner in a hotel in Galway. And uh, listen, your grandmother is very, very ill. Uh, the family have been called back and sort of 11 or 12 of her kids come from all over the world to be at her bedside and whatever. And um, we're all standing in the hospital around her and she's got the last rites and everything. And she's in a terrible state. She's got, you know, all manner of things are happening. And it's like, fucking hell, this is awful. I only saw her yesterday. She looks so good. And, uh, and a doctor comes in and says, listen, does, uh, listen does, it, does your mother take a drink? She said, to my mother. She does, yeah. She has a little nag in here, there and everywhere. She has a little bit of this, bit of that. And... Uh, she said, well, uh, listen, her, her alcohol levels are off the chart and, and her liver isn't doing well and uh, whatever. And it's like, and all of a sudden, my grandmother kind of went, oh, Jesus, my head. <laughs> it was like the biggest fucking hangover everywhere. This woman is in hospital and she's got drips coming out of her and everything. And it's because she's necked half a bottle of brandy. And I've never really admitted this to anybody before, but that's what I did. And... Um, she was fucked and um i will never forget all of the brothers and sort of her sort of her sons and daughters sitting around her sort of praying and all sorts of things and uh, a nurse comes in with like a water and a, a straw sticking out of it and she's her eyes lit up and went jesus give me give me that and she's like oh and she's puffing up her pillows this one and my grandmother's eyesight wasn't great either and she's looking at the the, uh, the nurse's uh, name badge, and it was um, it was a very odd spelling of maybe it was just the normal spelling of Efa, but my grandmother wouldn't have been very well educated and wouldn't have sort of been that sort of good an Irish speaker. And she's looking at this, and it's sort of hey, oh, how how do you pronounce that word? My my name is Efa, Mrs. Mrs. Classy. It's Efa. All right, are you married, Efa? No, no, no. No wonder with a name like that. You want to call yourself Anne or something. <laughs> yes, there's my grandmother. Jesus, the brandy didn't take the attitude out of her anyway. Not at all, no. She was up and cranky, like a person with a hangover would be. That yeah. is class. You nearly killed your granny. Very nearly killed my granny, yeah. Wow. That, you just wouldn't have been able to say anything to anybody if no, that imagine, had happened. Imagine the guilt. Yeah. Yeah, you probably you, she kind of went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> worst hangover ever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um although the terrible thing that I was thinking when you were telling the story was going, not a bad way to go though. If she just you know, if she kind of got drunk, drifted off and didn't come back, you know, you'd take yeah. it, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You'd take it compared yeah. to many other ways of dying. Um, it's funny, I used to be afraid of death. But um, I'm not really afraid of death anymore. I used to think it would be very painful for it, some reason. It's probably since you started doing this podcast and you feel like it would be sweet release. 
At least I wouldn't have to do that. From your silences. Wouldn't have to do the podcast anymore. (laughs) I don't have to sit in my cold room waiting for that fucker to come in. Because listeners, the OGs out there, um, every time we do this, we we sort of have a text beforehand saying, I'll I'll give you a Zoom at whatever, four o'clock. And at four o'clock, as regular as clockwork, uh, Mr. Keith Walsh, sends me a voicemail on WhatsApp, God, blaming somebody else for something that he's like, I, somebody unplugged my computer. Somebody took the plug away from my computer. Who did that? I did that. Yeah, you're always late. How did that work with a, like a breakfast show? Um, I suppose I would have been on time for the breakfast show. I was, I was probably, when I say rarely, I was probably never late. And I was often like an hour or more before, you know, if you're really late, you're like, being late for a breakfast show means you're not there an hour before you go on air. You're, you're you know, you're running in the door 20 minutes to go. So my, my time to get there was always like at least an hour, if not more, before the show started. So, you know, if anything did happen um, or if I slept in a little bit, I'd generally be there on time still. And a lot of the work was done the day before. So you were just kind of rocking up to, you know, open the running order and just go for it. So it wasn't like, but yeah, I wouldn't have missed I never would have missed like the first link after the news or I, yeah, I generally ha- was there a bit early to turn everything on and get the, get the desk warmed up. So. Um, Were you I, the earliest of the people that you used to work with? Yes, of course. Yeah. Because Bernard was a comedian. He didn't really care for things like time. Uh, Jennifer was good though. She would always uh, like Bernard was, was never late, but he'd be there on time, you know, like hmm. ju- just, like Bernard would walk in with his jacket on, like as you're lifting up the fader, you know, you kind of you'd be like wondering, I wonder will he turn, come come in today? I mean, he always came in, so but you know, today yeah, could have yeah, been yeah. the day. Like as you lift up the fader, he just walk in the door and goes, "Hi, everybody!" You know, like live on air and the show, and you'd be off. And that was a kind of a, yeah, it was a good way to do it, you know, uh, and it was good for us because I was like very, I was sort of anal, so I was conscientious about certain things. Jennifer was a bit more relaxed, but she'd always be there. You know, a bit earlier, myself and Jennifer would discuss the things that we, you know, the news items we might talk about in the show with the producer and all that kind of stuff. And then Bernard would just come in and try and wreck it all. Um, so it was a good combination because he'd be trying to do his own show nearly while we we're trying to do the real show. And I think it was the conflict of all that kind of made it fun um, because a lot of the show was just me giving out to him, Jennifer trying to get us to make up, and us trying to do the show. You know, the show was trying to do the show. So you're sort of the Bernard of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I've decided. I've yeah. decided not to be uh, not to be responsible anymore. And I'm the one who sits here going over stuff, talking about, you know, thinking about writing down what we're going to talk about and having extensive meetings and lunches <laughs> with myself. But you, like you, I, I'd imagine you might think about the podcast a bit more than I do. Would that be fair? I don't know how much you think about it. Uh, <laughs> Really it. Yeah, it pops into my head when I need to when I listen to it or when I when I need to edit it and also when I need to text it so what time we talk and um but I see that I enjoy the fact that it's just you kind of just rock up and start talking that's the that's the thing yeah, that I like about I, it so I try not to think about it other than that other than how much I'm looking forward to it of course mate. of course yeah 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 I mean I, I I do think about it um but every time I think about it, I, I might jot something down during the week. <clears throat> I never bring that piece of paper with me. And um, 
I never get to do what I think we're going to do. So, yeah, I might as well not think about it, to be honest. But that's... Are you giving out to me? No, 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 no. <laughs> that was another thing, actually. Another thing I thought of when we were talking about things that people don't. Oh, yeah, we did say we talked about giving out, didn't we? Yeah. Do, do English people say giving out? No, no, very rarely. They, they say scold or chastise or. No, actually, no. no, we didn't mention this, but you, you might hear it on um, like Coronation Street. So it's a Northern England thing. Maybe. Yeah, he's giving out. Uh, there was another word I remember. I, I used to be, I used to live with a guy from Liverpool. He was a chef when we were in Australia. And he used to say the word ordinary, uh, as in like not in, not in good form. Or oh, yeah. if someone was a bit pissed off, oh, she's a bit ordinary. Bit ordinary. Yeah, well, it's good, yeah. That's a great, great way of saying it. But I, I was listening to an American guy who lived in Ireland talking about when he goes home. And... Um, the word grand. Oh, what's that noise? That's Charlie. There's someone, someone coming near the door. So Charlie's our guard dog. He sits at my feet and then he goes down and growls at the door if there's anyone nearby. Um, so who, an Irish guy goes to America, um, goes back home to America, and uh, he didn't realise that he was using Irish sort of phrases and words until <laughs> his family sort of picked him up and said, wow, you know. Like, how was your flight? Yeah, it was grand. Yeah. So they're thinking, wow, it was a grand flight. Did you get, you get bumped up to first class? No, no, it was just grand. What do you mean, just grand? Isn't grand the best thing ever? And they took it literally that it was like a grand flight. That's yeah. Like top hat and tails, like, you know. The, the grand, grand hotel. Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so grand, Mary. Yeah. We had a grand day. Is this that film again? No, I was going to do Lasso the Moon. But uh, um, that's funny, isn't it? Because you could imagine, like, <laughs> if you reverse that and an Irish person coming over and looking for somewhere to stay and seeing a hotel called the Grand Hotel, he'd be like, oh, I'm not staying there. It's just the Grand Hotel. I want somewhere nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Old Opry. I don't know. Yeah, I, want to find, I want to go to a nice, I want to hear good music. I want to go to the fine old Opry. Yeah, the best old Opry. And that's another one. How do you spell the word sure? Yeah, that's a, that's a, I sure, I would say, yeah. I usually spell it like S-H-U-R, just if I, if it's, if it's on social media, I'll write S-H-U-R. Actually, if I write it anywhere that I need other, someone else to understand what it is, I'll write S-H-U-R. Or, because sure isn't, no. S-U-R-E is just totally different, isn't it? Yeah. And how would you spell the word Egypt? Double uh, E-J-I-T. Yeah, because is Egypt just a sort of, a, yeah, like an idiot, sort of elongated, like an Egypt? It's idiot. It's the word yeah. idiot, yeah. Idiot, idiot, idiot. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why isn't it spelled idiot? Well, it's sort of like, a, I know, I know, I know that it is pronounced Egypt, but. But it's like Jesus, which is just Jesus. But you, when you write it, you have to write J-A-Y-S-U-S. You would don't be at Jesus now. This is time of the year. I know, no, I don't. Jesus, not with his birthday around the corner. Haven't even gotten him at him yet. <laughs> it's okay, he's not here for a while. How is your week? How is your week, Mike? Yeah, great. Any great week? Any how's the how's the sewing going? Well, I um, the sewing is going well. Um, I, 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 
I had I took some time out because um, I'd been getting annoyed um, with storage and clutter and I bet you put stuff in the loft I was thinking about you actually because mm. um I don't I don't you see I don't know anything about your house I don't you know for people out there we we don't know each other um sort of on a personal level you've never been to my house I've never been to your house we don't really know um, each other that's the thing <laughs> Yeah, I finally don't know you anymore. I just, you know, is, is it me breaking up? Or is it because, uh, I feel but, like you know, we've drifted apart. Yeah, go on. But I'd say your house is very, very tidy. And you don't have what I would call a shit room. Am I correct? Um, it's I kind do I have a shit room? At the, we, we see we have an office, which at the moment I've just, I'm sitting in the office now. And today I cleared it all out because I'm going to put stuff up in the attic. It's getting too messy and it's becoming a shit room. So the, the office is the shit room that we clean out every couple of months. To, so it's, you know, do you know what I mean? That's where we throw stuff. Mm. People, people are coming. Um, my wife is, is very good at keeping things neat and tidy and uh, I try and help. Yeah. You see now you, you, you've in, you you put the word loft in there. You see, do you, do you have an easily accessible loft space? No, we don't. It's an attic. It's an old attic without a, without a pull down stairs or like we're we're talking about getting a converted at the moment. But it's like you have to put the ladder up and lift the lid and climb in. Oh fuck that! Yeah. You know what? I, if we're putting stuff in the loft, I just put it in the bin. That's the rule. That's fair enough. Actually, that's a good ever rule. Since, the, 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 ever since I've become a householder or house owner, or house occupant. Um, you know, my parents used to put stuff up in the loft. You take it down, it's just fucking damp and shitty and dusty. And, you know, and getting up there is just, you know, you need to be a trapeze artist, mm. some sort of contortionist. And also, you don't want to fall through or, you know, no. fall off that ladder. It's dangerous. No. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. is a dangerous thing to be doing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't put anything in the loft. Um, and we have a shit room which is that we have a four bedroomed house two bedrooms are now completely unusable one of the <laughs> one of them you can't actually get into <laughs> it's like it's like living with somebody who's a hoarder that just because the, the business has sort of grown and ballooned and okay denim and fabric and stuff everywhere and i mean have you room to build something on the in the garden? No, but if we did it in a sort of, um, I see you can't get in the door, but there's plenty of space in the back of the room. Okay, <laughs> it's just not just it's just not organized. Yeah, you open the door and stuff falls out. On, yeah, on you. it's not it's it's horrible. Um, so I've spent the last two days uh, sorting that out, and it's it's like it's cleansed my mind. I went into every room. And I said to I said to my son Jimmy, listen, Christmas is coming. You're probably going to be getting gifts and stuff. Let's make some room. Let's get rid of some crap. And the amount of shit that came out of there was just unbelievable. And then I had a look in my own room and I thought, you know, you know myself and Sally in the bedroom. I just thought, you know what, that love swing is just going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that strapping and you know there was no need to reinforce the love. It's a lot of leather. I mean, you know, all that stuff. The weight of some of those things, they're steel, anyhow. Steel handcuffs. Um, yeah, you steal lots of steel. You know. um, but, you know, just crap, general crap. I keep boxes for, you know, 
routers and stuff. You just think, for fuck's sake, yeah, fuck them in the bin. So yeah, I've been doing that. I feel like you know, and then I thought, well, should I go to IKEA or not? That I can go to IKEA at the moment because we're still under a lockdown, which means I can't go to the county. But will I order some storage solutions? Then I got really pissed off with myself for even considering buying storage solutions. Mm. Because all you do with storage solutions is put shit in them and then put shit on top of them. (laughs) Then they're inaccessible. But then you have, um, but there's a business there. It's not like someone's just, you know, collecting shit. Yeah, but we've always had a shit room. Yeah. I just can't get rid of it. I just, you know, I can't get rid of this whole thing that there's a room somewhere that I know. And I don't buy houses with this in mind that, you know, I need a shit room, but it always seems to happen. So you're either if you if you have a house with an extra bedroom, you know, if you've if you're if you've one child and you buy a house with three bedrooms, they always say, Well, you're yeah. gonna get you'll get pregnant or whatever, you'll have another child. Some people just have a shit room, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I have a shit room. And we we can't have people here to stay like it's there's no there's nowhere for people to sleep over. Oh, I was just gonna get in the car and head down. Well you can't because it's locked down. Yeah, but I've got special <laughs> it's a it's a it's ne- <laughs> Sorry, Gard, I'm, I'm going to visit my friend, Mike. Oh, Grant, from the podcast, is it? From the podcast, yeah. Oh, yeah. The podcast. That's a, nece- yeah. that's a necessary journey. Well, look at it, you see, I, I think that um, I'm going to have to go because my daughter is, uh, is at work and she has to be collected. But uh, the um, it sound, you sound much more chipper and, uh, you know, and, I, and you were very chipper on the podcast last week, uh, but you had said you were... You weren't in great form that day. So maybe the, the cleansing and the decluttering has cleared your, lifted your spirit and, yeah. and cleared your head. It has done. And, and speaking of clearing, I mean, I've also um, had a revelation in the underpant department as well. I think just a quick story. I know, I know well, it's not really a story. It's just a sort of thing, really. Um, I usually just use the word hard on. Like I, I wouldn't call, no. re- I wouldn't say revelation in the underpants department. No. Sorry. I, I can take I can take that out. I can take that out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it out, especially when you're picking up your daughter. Whatever you do. <laughs> oh god. So um yeah, um we were talking about underpants and I, I mistakenly was bought actually robbed my son's underpants that were bought for him that were too big and yeah. these sort of like um likery type of things. Yeah, you love them. The, yeah, but the fucking structural integrity of these bad boys is gone. So oh. now they're just sagging and they're just, they're just everywhere and nowhere. And when I need access, I can't find that little thing that you pull over. It's just a fucking disaster. So, yeah, um, I'm going to have to sort something out with that. Well, I think it's important uh, for the integrity of the podcast that you, you know, because you were singing the praises of these underpants. And I think it's only right that you've come back realizing your mistake and you've corrected yourself because now we don't want to be sending people off to the shops to buy these briefs that are kind of boxer shorts and are brilliant if they're not going to be brilliant you know so and we don't want the bbc watchdog on us do you know what i mean or plus what you call that some of my sheets because i might wear my underwear getting in and out of bed and whatever and my sheets have turned blue (laughs) and how and what about your balls yeah everything has gone blue Right. Not from cold or sort of uh, <laughs> misuse, hung or anything, or I don't know, being too far away from my body or whatever they do, self-regulating. They haven't gone blue from that sort of stuff. It's not a temperature-related blueness. 
Oh, and I will leave you on this fact. There is a place in Tullamore called Blue Ball. Cool. Don't leave mm-hmm. me on that fact, though, because I have another fact about underpants, because you 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 tweeted something about underwear during the week. Did I? About wearing somebody's small underpants or something? Maybe, can't did you? can't remember. <laughs> Go on, anyway. You did, yeah, you did. I'm sure you did. Um, but I'll never forget my brother, Nick, who also listens. Um, who, who, my, my last thing, I, I swear this is my last Who thing. looks like you? Who looks like you? Your brother, yeah, Nick, did, looks he, like No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You never, you never met him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've met him. He followed Actually, me on. Probably... He followed me on Twitter during the week, so I know what he looks like. Oh, cool! Yeah, 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 yeah. Or oh, the chief, as we call him, he's the eldest brother. Anyway, um, he moved to England in the very early eighties. He emigrated from Ireland, and uh, I'll never forget. He went on a Saturday. We all got up on Sunday morning, uh, looking for fresh underwear, vests, and pants, as we used to call them in those days. Everything was gone. Oh, brilliant! Off. Here's a twenty-year-old man, a nineteen-year-old man wearing my purple paisley underwear age 9 to 11. Classic. Imagine that. That's no good for testicular health, is it? <laughs> strung up. God, imagine the women of, where did he go? London. Yeah, imagine, imagine if he scored. And it's like, yeah, just going to take these little fellas off. <laughs> <laughs> don't, mind, don't mind these. They belong to my little brother. What? Where are you going? Come back. No, I thought you were having a fine time. I thought you were having a grand time. Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Come back for a knee trembler. We'll have a knee trembler behind the nightclub. Right. We may leave it there, Mike. Okay. Love you to talk to you. Sorry I was late again. That's okay, babe. Miss you. I, I, it's a thing I do. I pretend to be late and then it's my tactic. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah. That builds the suspense, literally. Listen. Listen to the second coming by the Stone Roses, you and everybody listening, and Trompe Le Monde by the Pixies. Trompe Le Monde. Okay, Trompe Le Monde. Marvellous. And I will go. There you go. There you have it. That's all she wrote, as my grandmother used to say about famous writer. I don't know. I don't know why she said it. Uh, apparently, yeah, that's what you say at the end of a story. So that's all she wrote. Thank you very much, as always, to my friend Mike for his wonderful stories and uh, celebrity encounter stories uh, I especially enjoyed his um, brief story but it was a brief encounter with Lee Mavers the lead singer of The Laz um, there's probably a couple of bits in there that I wanted to correct but uh, or fic- think no I don't she look if there's anything you're not sure about just google it, you know um, none of it's worth thinking about or remembering it's just it's nice to be you know, there listening at the time, but it's very disposable, you know. Anyway, um, thanks to Mike. Thanks for listening. As always, you can email the show. It's keithwalshpod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can. There should be a link in the podcast description where you can give us an owl, the price of an owl point, as they used to say, or a cup of coffee or two cups of coffee, whichever you decide. And that will go towards the upkeep and the maintenance of the podcast machine, which needs greasing. The poll. I need to grease the poll. The podcast poll. Um, I'm going to go grease the poll now after this. So, um, listen. Thanks for listening. I might have just said that. And do email the show with your thoughts, stories. If you've got some good stories, send them. Send them in. If you think you should be on the podcast, send them in. Send you in. Not yourself. Send your reason in. 
And if you think, you know, if there's a guest that you'd like to hear in the podcast, um, send us a list of people. You know, we'll, I'll investigate all avenues of people. I don't know what I'm talking about now. It's, it's getting late. I'm getting tired. I'm going to go. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. Uh, if you're ha- if you're on a run, um, hopefully this hasn't finished too soon and you still have a bit to go. Or it rolls into the next podcast that you've listened to already and it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, but maybe you're just after discovering these podcasts and you're on one of your long runs and you haven't listened to these podcasts before and now you're just getting into it. You're like, oh, great. It's going to go straight into another one. As soon as this guy shuts up. Anyway. I've been Keith. This has been the Keith Walsh Podcast. And thank you very much for listening. i got to go now. Goodbye. See you. I'm going to figure out what to have for dinner. Rashers, I think. Rashers for the family. And water for me. Good luck. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.